to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Now whoever gets the sense that something needs to change in our lives, but we're in such a a habit, such a pattern that we can't pinpoint our eyes are so focused on, on, on just getting by that we can't pinpoint what and how needs to change. Well, I have that on a, on a semi-regular basis. And I had that, there's a memorable one a few years ago. Now, we lived in Karanup at the time. We were renting there. And I'd established this very holy habit. It's a beautiful holy habit. I would head to the gym most mornings. Which is, that's a good thing to do, right? I'd head to the gym most mornings and I'd get in my car on the way home and, 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 and I should just go straight home. But I would take a detour. I would take a detour to my favourite cafe, Little Sisto. Oh, Little Sisto, I miss you. It's probably the only thing about Karen Up that I miss. And I'd get a, a, a coffee for Karen, a coffee for myself. And at least half of those times, I'd also get that they did, they did this double bacon and egg <laughs> toasted sandwich. I'm just undoing all my gym work right now. <laughs> but at least four or five times a week, we'd get coffees, and at least half of those, I'd get myself the double bacon sanger. And at the time, we were saving money f- frenetically trying to save money for a deposit for a house. And we'd made a lot of changes. We'd shifted a lot of things up and, and they were going well. We'd saved a bundle of money, but this was one of the patterns, the habits that had remained. A sacred cow, you may say. And so after a beautiful January holiday down south, we're driving back up the Forest Highway and we're chatting, we're talking as married people do. And all of a sudden, we started having a money conversation. Now, who as a spouse loves to have a money conversation at the best of times when you've been given notice? Put your hand up. Yeah, I love it like a kick in the groin. Who loves it when you don't have any notice and all of a sudden you find yourself, I'm in a money conversation. What's going on? How did I get in here? Oh, and I love it like when I don't have any notice and, we, and Karen wants to talk money. And she's very good. She always says, Let's, you know, she gives me a bit of notice. But whenever I have a money conversation with Karen and I've got no notice, I kind of revert to, to five-year-old Ben when uh, I'm being told I need to go to bed. I don't want to. Don't make me have that conversation. I don't want to have the money conversation. And so this, this pattern, this beautiful holy pattern that I had established, it came up in the conversation. And I didn't want to acknowledge it at first, but in my heart of hearts, I knew we had to have this, this conversation. When Karen highlighted to me how much it was costing us each week, around $70 each week on coffees and double bacon and egg sangers. And that was before, it was $70, and that was before my wife went all alternative milk on me. So, I mean, I, 
uh, almond milk, I don't know how much it would cost, about 150 bucks each week. And I said to Karen, I said, babe, my life is so hard, it's so stressful, I'm a pastor, I do so much. Oh, can you, I, I give so much of my life away, you can't take this, you can't take this away from me. It's all I've got. <laughs> it's all I've got. Plus, I don't like change. If something ain't broke, why fix it? But sometimes when we're in a broken pattern, when it's so established, we can't see how broken it is. And we need someone else's eyes, someone else's perspective to show us there's a better way. And we had this goal. We had this goal to save a deposit for a house. And we'd, we'd, we needed some new patterns to be established from that. And in order for new patterns to be established, some old patterns had to be disrupted. So we talked through the options and we came up with this great option and, and it was going to save us around $1,500 a year. And so we did it. And it was really hard at first because I'd find myself, it was almost like I was driving a Tesla and the Tesla was an auto drive and it was just driving straight to little Sisto after the gym every single time. I'm like, what's going on here? It was hard to get to break that pattern. It was hard when you're so ingrained in that. It, it, it's, it's, it was hard. And then trying to create this new pattern, it was, it was, it was the outlay of cost initially and it was time consuming. And, and, and I, love, I just get a little bit excited about going to a cafe to buy coffee. I'm a simple man. <laughs> and that was taken away from me. But this new pattern was created. And I believe it did actually contribute to the purchase of our own home, it did a little bit, uh, three years ago. Welcome to week four of Pattern Disruption, Pattern Renewal. And Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Jason Am have, have set an incredible foundation for this series coming out of Romans 12, 1 to 2. We're going to read that right now. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters... In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. You might sometimes ask, why is Ben smiling when he's reading the Bible? I is he being told, is he being taught that he has to smile? I actually love reading the Bible. I love it. I can't get the smile off my face when I read scriptures like this. And in our pattern disruption, pattern renewal journey in 2022, through all the complexity, through all the challenge, let me encourage us all today with two simple yet powerful statements that I'll unpack through Romans 12. Number one, God is in control and his timing is perfect. And number two, offering our time to God will lead to renewal and transformation. God is in control and his timing is perfect. I love the beginning of this passage in Romans 12. There's this focus in light of God's mercy, a focus on God. But even if we pull it back to the first word, therefore, it alludes to the previous 11 chapters of what Paul is unpacking for the church in Rome, as well as, I believe, straight away to linking straight back to the last few verses of Romans 11. Romans 11, 33 to 36. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. 
How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counsellor, who has ever given to God that God should repay them for from him and through him and for him are all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. Paul is firmly establishing, reinforcing to the reader and by the grace of God to us today that God is unrivaled, he's unequaled, he's unanimously in control. There's no contest. God is all-powerful, all-knowing and in control. And for some of us, this is a bit of a flip of a narrative. Even when it comes to our Christian faith, you and I are not in control. It's an illusion. It is not our story that we've written, that we've created, that we've graciously invited God to come and be a character into. We're talking about the author of life here. We're talking about the author of the story. He starts it and he finishes it. He has the first say and he has the final say. And that's what Jesus at the center means. It means that he's not merely a first priority on our list. That still means that we're in control because we wrote the list. He's just another thing to tick off. No, no, he's the center, the foundation He's the meaning, the purpose. Read John 1. He's the logic, the the logos. He is what makes sense for us of everything around us. It's God's story. And you and I are lovingly included as characters in His story. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Whilst we were a mess, whilst we're in the pit, whilst we're in rebellion, whilst we were actively resisting God and pursuing other things to be our God, God stepped in. He said, come, come to me, walk with me, live with me. Life to the full is in me. M. Robert Mulholland Jr., in an invitation to a journey, he writes, If we have chosen Jesus, we retain control of the relationship. Hmm. We determine what role Jesus has in our life. We determine what role Jesus plays in our vocation, our relationships, in our leisure time, in our recreational activities, in our selection of reading materials, in our choice of movies and TV programs, in our friendships. But if we allow Jesus to choose for us, there is inherent in that action a relinquishment of control of the relationship to Jesus. If God is in control, if God is in control, you and I trying to take the reins and have control in our lives, it's the most frustrating place to be. I've done it. I do it most weeks. (laughs) When he's in control, when he's invited in and allowed to be God, look out. Renewal, transformation will follow. Freedom will be a reality. Healing will come. Wholeness, influence in our lives. God is in control. God is in control. God is trustworthy. And God's timing is perfect. 
And this transforming, this renewing of our minds that Paul is talking about, it's a deep work. It's a lasting process and therefore it takes time. Pastor Phil Pringle in his message to the movement at the start of this year, he, he, he wrote or he said this, God moves slowly and therefore deeply. And this really resonated with me. Really, it's so simple, but it really stuck with me because last year I was finding myself getting more and more frustrated. The areas of my life weren't, weren't transforming at the rate I'd like it to. That discipleship endeavours that, 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 that I was putting my time and effort into weren't progressing at the rate that I'd like it to. There should be more. Uh, uh, we've been in the Pilbara for nine years. There should be more happening. There should be revival. There should be more disciples made. There should be more leaders. There should be more churches. Love Our Suburbs, we launched it last year, but there, we should be having more impact in Love Our Suburbs. The list goes on. I was having all these thoughts. But then I was, I was chatting to Pastor Jason. We are talking about how this month, February 2022, marked a decade of his and Pastor M's leadership of this church across six locations. And next Sunday, we're going to have a special time. Next Sunday's going to be amazing. We're going to have a special time of celebrating them and, and what has been as well as setting our faith towards the next decade. But in those conversations I was having with Pastor Jace, I felt like God kind of woke me up to the narrowness, the, the rigidity of my parameters and my, my time frames. He, he kind of asked the question, who's in control here, Ben? Am I trustworthy, Ben? And he, he kind of, over the process of a couple of months, he began to align me with his timeline. And, and I tell you what, I'm getting on board. No choice. Pete Scazzera, in his book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader, writes, God is not in a rush. I'll say that again and I'll say it slowly. God is not in a rush. He often moves more slowly than the timetable I have for my goals. In fact, I often discover he has different goals. <laughs> the work God is doing in you and I is a deep work. It's a he's not in interested in just a surface level change. It's a lasting work. But it will be completed only in his time because he's in control and his timing is perfect. And so this offering of, of ourselves to God as living sacrifices is not an offering that kind of initiates God into, into motion, into our timing. It doesn't align him to our timing. What, what Paul is writing about is an offering of ourselves that is in response to his goodness, to his sovereignty, his trustworthiness, his ultimate sacrifice, his victory over sin and death, and his timing. Our offering is a worshipful response to God for what, who he is and what he's done for us. It's saying, God, you're in control and your timing is perfect. So I'm aligning to your time zone. God is in control and his timing is perfect. And offering our time to God will lead to renewal and transformation. When Paul writes to offer our bodies to God as, as living sacrifices, it's in contrast to the Levitical sacrifices of the Old Testament that obviously didn't stay alive. They died. 
But we are living sacrifices. It, he's meaning that all parts of our body, that the totality of who we are, our, our activities, our minds, our, our physical bodies, our finances, our relationships, our dreams, our gifts, and our time are to be offered to Him. Our time is one of the most important resources that you and I have. And a pattern of this world... A pattern of this world that that is challenging for us to not conform to, that cuts across the idea of the perfect timing of God and results in stagnated or limited transformation and renewal is busyness. Pete Schizero again, he says, doing our part to cultivate a relationship of loving union with God requires time. Time that, paradoxically, we don't have because we're too busy serving him. And I get caught up in this. I get caught up in this. We all face this this head-on in our lives, whether it's in our workplace, in our family life, in church life. And we we can get to the point sometimes of kind of wearing busyness like a badge of honour. The more busy we are, the more important we are. The more valuable we are. the, The more liked we will be. I... I kind of get the sense that God isn't that impressed with our busyness. And so I think it's time, I think it's time for you and I to disrupt this pattern of busyness. It's time for us to, you know, shake things up a little bit. Are you with me? Should we do it? I'd like to do it with you. It'd be awesome. When we disrupt and need to disrupt patterns of busyness, it requires you and I to say no. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no to being busy all the time. It's okay to say saying no to doing three things at once. I love multitasking. I love it. But it's okay to, to say no to doing three things at once because the quality, man, it's pretty average when you multitask. It's okay to say no to non-stopping, non-stop beeping notifications. It's okay to say, no, I'm going to upset some people here. I'm so sorry in advance. It's okay to say no to our kids. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. You can say no. There should be a movie on Netflix called No Day because there's a a yes day. We should have a no day. (laughs) Harry's just like my life is so bad it's okay to say no to our kids endless demands you know kids need boredom they need to be bored if we're filling their lives every every moment of their lives with with something and they don't get the opportunity to be bored their, their imaginations don't form correctly they need to be bored so their imaginations can come alive The God-given dreams and gifts that are in them can come alive. Their jobs and their careers and their purposes can come alive. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no to that birthday party or social event from someone we met once or someone who was friends with us 10 years ago. It's okay to say no to the five catch-ups on the same weekend. It's okay to say no to that extra shift. It's okay to say no to offering hours of our times to, to time to Netflix. It's okay. 
It's okay to say no to our flesh, to our urge to constantly need to achieve, constantly need to look busy and be busy. And so let's form new patterns. Let's form new patterns, holy patterns, patterns of taking this resource of time back and offering it to God, offering it to God to be renewed and to be transformed, not simply doing the things on the, in the second circle of the purpose circles. I'm, sh- I'm sure it's somewhere. Up. No, it's not anywhere. Not just simply doing the... the, the it's not just simply ticking the box of, oh, I've done prayer, I've done, done Bible, done discipleship, community, because that kind of then just, just adds to the, the to-do list thing again. It just adds to the busyness. But, but offering our time to God in prayer, offering our time to God in the Word, Offering our time to God in discipleship community, not so that we can prove to Him how good we are and how special we are and how worthy we are, but no, offering our time to God so that He can do the deep work of transformation in us. He wants to do the work. You don't need to do the work. He wants to do the work in us. Offering our time. Mark Sayers from Reappearing Church. I'll get the band to come up. That'd be great. Mark Sayers from Reappearing Church. We discover the power of spiritual disciplines as more than just additions to our personal life goals, but rather central pillars and walls in the building of a new life architecture. Biblical faith deals with the architecture of time. Thus, as we recenter our lives around God's presence, we reorder around a different time scale. So how am I being challenged by this this year? What renewal patterns around time am I offering to God? Well, I'm on board, man. I'm loving this. So I'm doing this in a big way. God's shifting a lot of things in me around how I'm giving my time, offering my time to Him. And so at least between two and four times a week, I'm giving God 10 minutes of silence. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> It's hard. I talk too much. I need to listen more. This is helping that. Once a month, I've set aside some, uh, a morning, a Monday morning, once a month, to go to King's Park, an elevated space, and reflect and pray. Not on, not on the, the, the things that, the urgent things that are screaming at me, but the important things, the big picture things. I'm establishing some sort of, we are establishing some sort of Sabbath pattern. I haven't worked that out totally, but we are doing that. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not charging my, my screens by my bedside table anymore. They're, they're being charged now in the study. And so the, the first thing I do and the last thing I do every day is not look at social media. It's read the Word of God and read a book that's growing me. And sometimes I'm like, I'm reading the book and then I'm, I find my hand just reaching for the bedside table. Like, I just got to get my phone. Like, what, what's this hand doing? Like, what are you? <laughs> Cut it off. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Our team is leading the charge as well. Here's what, and, and this team inspired me so much. Yeah. This pastoral team are incredible. Every single one of you are absolutely incredible. And you, des- you deserve a big round of applause from our, 
our church. You guys are amazing. Here's what some of them are doing. No TV. There's some, there's some, there's some kind of repetitive things here you might pick up. No TV, screens during weeknights, going to pray and read more. Knuckling down on a true Sabbath Friday, bookending the, the beginning and end of that time with prayer and operating in the four Sabbath pillars of stop, rest, contemplate and delight. Blocking in chunks of time across the week for more focused prayer and reading all the wonderful books to help me grow. Setting aside a chunk of time before our son, Leo, wakes up to spend more quality time with God and committing to reading at night before turning the TV on. Packed away the TV and now spending the nights praying, listening to podcasts, reading passages of scripture out loud and discussing it with each other. That's amazing. Adding into my calendar blocks of time to, re- to finish reading. This isn't the same person. It's not just one person doing it. <laughs> Holy. Blocks of time reading the main study type books I found no, found no time for previously. Going to bed earlier weekdays so I can get up early to spend time in prayer and his word. Setting my morning alarm earlier to spend quality time with Jesus. Intentionally using Sabbath for delighting in God and drinking from the right wells that bring refreshing. So what about you? What about you in 2022? That rhymes. <laughs> Pastor Jace is going to unpack in a moment some of the great next steps through the purpose circles on the website for you to grab a hold of. But, but can I encourage you, take confidence in the fact that you're offering to God as a living sacrifice, whether it be time in prayer, in the word, in discipleship community, it's holy and pleasing to God. Your offering is holy and pleasing to God. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died a sacrificial death on the cross. He he rose from the dead in order that what his followers, you and I who are saved and forgiven and, and set free, what we offer to God has the aroma of heaven. It's the aroma of victory. It's the aroma of resurrection life. So you are a God seeker. You are people of integrity. You follow through on your good intentions. You are people of renewal. You are people who are being transformed. Why? Because God is in control and his timing is perfect. And as we offer our time to God, that will lead to transformation. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.